Sarah here. This month on the podcast, we are talking about burnout, self-care, and compassion fatigue. And we have a freebie that goes with a few of our episodes this month. And it is 15 days of self-care ideas. If you'd like a copy, go to slphappyhour.com slash newsletter or visit the link in our show notes. Now onto the show. Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. We are the podcast that discusses real life SLP topics with a dash of an SLP happy hour thrown in. <laughs> this episode, we will discuss five tips to consider in order to say your best yes and what we are saying yes to right now. And since last week we talked about burnout, we'll share today if we've struggled with burnout and I have, so uh, we'll definitely talk about that, and I'll share what I think SLPs can do about it. I'm Sari Wu, and I've definitely battled overwhelm and overwork, so this episode feels like it was meant just for me. Mm -hmm. And we do this podcast because these are things we really, truly struggle with, and we want to share with you what's worked for us. I'm Sarah Lockhart, and I'll be sharing a little bit about my burnout story, but we won't stay in the weeds too long. I'll let you know what I think we can do in this profession to battle burnout. And this is the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. We are both passionate about combating perfectionism and helping SLPs create stronger and healthier relationships with their work worlds. So let's make this happen. First step and ask, please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It makes a huge difference, and it's the number one thing you can do to help this podcast reach more earbuds of more awesome SLPs who need to hear this message. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please take a moment to give us a rating and review. Of course, we'd love a five-star review if you enjoy the podcast. And we read every single podcast review, and they make a huge difference. So, next up, our segment is on an easy lesson that you can do starting this week to teach verbs. So, uh, what I have found recently with my middle school students is that they don't know they don't know what a noun is. Well, maybe they actually noun is the one they know the most, but they don't know what a verb is. They don't know what an adverb is or an adjective. So, I've been teaching some of these basic things, and one of the best ways to do that is through Mad Libs. And uh, I particularly do like it for verbs, especially if it's a Mad Lib that has uh, different tenses of verbs, because I always tell my students that verbs tell time. Verbs tell you when things happened. So we need to think about this, oh, this verb is gonna happen in the future, what kind of tense are, you gonna, are we gonna use? And oh, this verb happened in the past, what kind of tense are we gonna use? Oh, this one's happening currently, what kind of tense are we gonna use? So we really talk about that. And then we do a Mad Lib and uh, we fill it out and they love them. They always think they're hilarious and it's really fun and engaging and they like to fill it out themselves and ask each other. And, and after doing that a few times, they know those word types. That sounds really fun. I love, I have some articulation Mad Libs that I do and my students love them and think they're hilarious. You know what? And really any Mad Lib you could use for Arctic. And I'd done that before too with Valentine's Day. They had to come up with R words for each of those blanks. Right. So if in. it says a noun, they have to think of a noun with mm -hmm. an R word. Mm -hmm. 
And um, yeah, and I like that you're not writing them yourself. You're just finding one on the right. internet and nope. printing it out, It's right? an easy lesson, mm-hmm. yeah. That's great. So on to our next topic, which since we talked about burnout last episode, we are answering the question, have we been burned out? Uh, I have definitely had the emotions of dreading work, the frustration that I wasn't getting getting things done fast enough um, to leave on time at the end of the day when I am an efficient person and it drives me bonkers when I have to stay late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in my worst week, I was staying late and getting things done and I was actually bitter that no one seemed to notice and send me home. And I, I don't, isn't that silly? That's kind of silly. Cause first of all, why would they notice they've already left? Why would they notice <laughs> that I'm staying late and whose job is it to send me home? It's not their job. It's my job. I'm a 32 year old, I mean, 25 <laughs> year old woman and I can take care of myself and go home on time. I'm just not doing it. And it's not fair to me to project this anger onto other people. Well, I think it's natural because as you're staying late, you want to kind of be acknowledged or thanked for it Mm -hmm. because you're going way above and beyond, especially when you're staying really late. So I think it it makes me grumpy when I do that too, so I can relate (laughs) to that. But um, we wanted to move on to some actionable tips, actionable steps that you can do if you're burned out. Um, So we're answering some questions. The first is, how do we know if we're starting to feel the early stages of burnout and what are the signs Mm. so what comes to mind for me first is you know being tired um, any health issues or body aches feeling ineffective feeling overwhelmed like there's too much to do and kind of a sense of dread maybe when we go to work what are some early signs of burnout I think uh, exactly like you said, I think be in tune with your body for those physical signs and just that exhaustion that, uh, and then the Sunday blues we've talked about before, Mm -hmm. that sense of dread and not Mm -hmm. wanting to go to work. That's not, it's not supposed to be like that. You're not supposed to feel this dread and this frustration when you have that Sunday night and then even that Monday morning when, when you're getting up and going to work. That's... That's not the way it should be. Mm-hmm. So next, the next question we got about burnout is what to do in the earlier stages versus the later stages of burnout. Um, I think, how about Sarah, you'll talk about earlier and I'll talk about later. Sure, sure. So I think um, earlier, my biggest tip is to ask for help. And and, and our, re- listen to our last podcast because we do talk about some of what burnout is, and, and you're going to want to know that definition to know what you're looking at. And when you sense those, if you have an environment where you feel like you can actually address this problem, ask for help, especially if you work in a school setting, because I think in schools, a lot of the time, everyone's so busy, especially and even the administrators, if you don't let them know there's a problem, they will assume that everything is just fine and they won't do anything about it and it will just continue to be a problem. So you have to advocate for yourself in that sense and ask for help and reach out and see if you can troubleshoot some of the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. And then in the later stages, if you're feeling really tired, almost like I've discussed this before, you feel like you're touching your work with a 10 foot pole, like quite disconnected you might be feeling grumpy or you might feel kind of that feeling like you were talking about Sari where you're just like 
feeling underappreciated and like people aren't noticing your work mm-hmm. and if that's gotten you know pretty chronic I would say um, take care of yourself of course but that's not going to solve the problem <laughs> the problem is you know all the competing job demands so I think it's a great idea to chat with a counselor or um, someone who's not like a an impartial third party and come up with a plan of what you would need to feel secure and successful in that job and to eventually when you're thinking about going back ask for those things and if you hear a no which I I did that and I heard a no consider another job Mm -hmm. sometimes it does take a big change and that is scary that is scary Mm -hmm. to face but the light at the end of that tunnel is very bright Mm -hmm. and if you know Changing settings isn't going to solve all your burnout problems, right? We know that in this career, it's a hard job, but it's something to consider before you consider a more drastic measure like leaving the profession. Mm -hmm. So the next question we are answering about burnout is, is burnout just about self-care or is it more about the job? So we talked about this last episode, but it really is about the job. It's about really high demands. It's about dysfunctional workplaces and lack of support. So you can absolutely use great self-care when you're going through burnout, but often that's not enough. All right, last question we're answering is, what should you do if you aren't sure if you should quit your job? And I would say going back to... This is actually a question I've gotten quite a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Think about what you would like to see, what you need in order to be successful, uh, respectfully asking for those things, making it about the job, not making it personal. And if you get a no, seriously considering um, another setting um, or, you know, another job in a healthier work environment. Mm -hmm. And one, uh, some advice that you've also given me, Sarah, that I would share here too, is think about your values and does your job match with your core values is it is it fulfilling who you are and the things that you prioritize and value the most right and I think a lot of especially in the school setting SLPs might get into this setting thinking I want to be home earlier I want to work you know less I want to have more days off I want to enjoy the teamwork of working with others but if you once you get into that job, aren't getting any of those things if you're not working less hours, if you're not, you know, having a healthy um, teamwork relationship, then that's not fulfilling your values and why you chose that job in the first place. So to wrap it up, self-care is related to burnout, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, you need to take care of yourself your whole career. So we liken it to drinking water. You're going to do it every day so you don't get dehydrated Mm -hmm. so you're going to do self-care every day Mm -hmm. so that you know you're able to stay in this profession but it's also lowering our expectations doing less asking for help and the fact that and this is the biggest part we're in a profession where the expectations are not realistic a quick thank you to our sponsors who allow the funding to keep our podcast mics running and allow us to get this show for free to you. Please support our advertisers by visiting the links we mention. It helps us to be able to continue this work here at SLP Happy Hour Studio. SLP Now is one of our sponsors. 
SLP Now provides you with the materials for your pediatric caseload at the click of a button with monthly memberships. What if you could do all your lesson planning in just 10 minutes a week? SLP Now helps you plan epic sessions, learn new strategies, and help your students succeed. SLP Now knows what it's like to feel overwhelmed by all the paperwork and lesson planning and what it feels like when you just can't get ahead. Let SLP Now do your lesson planning for you with a huge resource library of print and go materials. From their dashboard, you can also plan sessions, enter therapy data, and generate billing notes with their HIPAA compliant system. Visit our special URL, www.slpnow.com happy to get started. Again, visit www.slpnow.com happy for your special free trial to get started streamlining your lesson planning. SLP Happy Hour is also sponsored by the Informed SLP. As speech-language pathologists, we depend upon good research to serve our clients well. We strive to use evidence-based practice. But how much time do we really have to search for new evidence? Reading research articles is time-consuming. Let the Informed SLP save you time by finding the research for you. They search all of the top speech-language pathology journals each month, looking for the articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice. They provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. Join now at theinformedslp.com slash slphappyhour and enter the code slphappyhour at checkout for 50% off of your first three months. Regular price after that. Cancel at any time. Again, that's www.theinformedslp.com slash slphappyhour. So next up, we're talking about compassion fatigue. What is it? So I wanted to start with the story of how I first heard about compassion fatigue. I was working in an urban school district with, it was a Title I school. So students were, you know, it was a low SES socioeconomic status school. And I, I had heard just a lot of stories and whether these were, stories of living conditions or families or abuse, which of course, as a mandatory reporter, I did report. Um, but hearing these stories was really difficult. And I had never been educated about compassion fatigue or secondhand trauma. I didn't know anything about it. And I went to just an after school meeting, you know, with all the teachers, et cetera. And we had a mental health care worker who came in and described that compassion fatigue is for givers when you give and give and give, and then you just kind of are dried up. Like there's nothing else to give. You've given everything you can. Um, or when you hear really disturbing or problematic stories about the environment where your students are living or life experiences that they've gone through. So then remembering those stories later on really leads to a lot of uh, stress. So it was referred to me as this secondhand trauma. And I wanted to mention it because when I first heard about it, I was in this staff meeting and I just started crying 
crying and I'm really not a crier and I'm definitely not a crier when there are other people around. Mm -hmm. I wait until I'm alone, right? Um, But I feel like I had that, I could really relate to that secondhand trauma and that compassion fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. Of just giving and giving Um, and it really impacted me deeply. So I wanted to mention, you know, what is compassion fatigue? What is secondhand trauma here? In case there's someone like me at that staff meeting who really needs to hear this message. Mm-hmm. I, um, I love that you talk about compa- compassion fatigue. And I do think that especially folks who are working with um, children who have high adverse childhood experiences and trauma um, are at risk for this as well. Um, I think educators, uh, teachers are at risk for this. I think police Mm -hmm. officers are at risk for this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is draining and you don't realize really what what it is that is affecting you so much. And and then hearing all of a sudden that, yes, you know, taking personalizing some of these other people's struggles and difficulties and caring so much and wishing you could help so much mm-hmm. is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I think this brings up the question, you know, how are compassion fatigue, um, how is that similar to burnout? And I think they're probably related, but not exactly the same. So to me, burnout is chronic overwork and just feeling disconnected from your work, feeling tired, etc. And compassion fatigue may be things like flashbacks or memories of traumatic things that you've heard or just hearing really intense stories and either feeling no emotion at all or feeling this really strong emotion even long after the fact about what you've heard. And over time, those things do wear you down. So you may feel super emotional or not emotional at all, and that's still compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. And so again, when I heard it explained to me, it was as this secondhand trauma that helping professionals can receive. And like Sari was talking about, really anyone in a helping profession. And to me, it really hits me when I hear stories of abuse. And so again, it really depends on your job and your setting um, for how much you may hear about these things. Uh, Right now I do private practice and telepractice and I hear these stories a lot less. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you can't relate to this at all, it could just be your work setting. But I did want to talk about it because it was so helpful for me to have a label for all these feelings I was feeling. So I want to make sure that other SLPs know about it as well. Absolutely. I I mean, and I think about kids who I know when they're acting up that they're going through a hard time. And I've I've said it and I've heard other people say it. I just wish I could bring them home. (laughs) And, And those are people who, you know, overly care. Mm-hmm. and do and are are at risk for that um this type of fatigue 100%. So with compassion fatigue I don't I don't feel like there's this you know really excellent plan of action. Mm-hmm. Uh there's not a lot you can do about it. Of course if it's, you know, severe or if it's really impacting you counseling can help we are both huge proponents of counseling there Mm -hmm. is no judgment for getting help it can be super helpful but also for me just knowing what it is is often enough to say oh you know to not second guess my feelings to accept my feelings to accept that I'm feeling this way and to understand why has been really powerful Mm. 
Yes, absolutely, to understand why and um, to reflect on it. And another tip too, aside from counseling, if if there is someone else um, that you can talk to mm-hmm. um, to normalize the experience, to normalize right? the experience. Because when, when we bottle it all up, it does tend to spill out at odd times. Something will happen, you'll just start crying because you've been carrying this burden of all these heavy emotions around with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a really heavy, deep conversation and it's a lot to think about. So let's switch things up and let's talk a little bit about what's going on in our speech worlds. Mm-hmm. And should we do like a deep cleansing breath? <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Yes. There's I it's really hard. There's nothing we can do for a lot of our students, but I think it's important to realize that listening is what we can do. Mm-hmm. And of course we're mandatory reporters, so that is what we can do. Mm-hmm. So what's happening right now at this moment <laughs> in our speech room? So let's bring it to present tense verb, right, Sari? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that we've been chatting about kind of on the phone and over coffee um, this week and probably this month, (laughs) maybe longer, (laughs) is overwork. So what's going on with us in overwork and what does that, what does that mean? Oh, so overwork is just balancing too many plates on both hands, like that waiter that you see in those comedy movies. And You're just juggling all of these plates, and you just know that at some point, one of them is going to fall. That's overwork right there. Right, and Sarah and I have both been chatting about working into our evenings. So I think uh, the first question is, why are we doing it? Uh, For me, I like to get things done, Mm -hmm. and I will worry about them if they're not finished. But also, you know what? I'm going to be totally honest. I think I have a personality that tends towards overwork. Because I do love to have a task, get it accomplished, check it off, and and feel accomplished. And my work is one area of my life that I can do that versus like, I've talked about the podcast, like remodeling my bedroom and like having no idea what's happening next or what to do. Um, So there are a lot of other things going on in my life right now that I can't really make progress on you know things that just are going to be rough for a while and where I don't feel that sense of control so I'm just going to be totally honest and say sometimes I feel like I'm choosing well I guess all the time right I'm choosing to overwork and it's something that I struggle with I think I don't even realize what time it is and how long I've been at work and I think I do it to reduce my stress about the next day and what's going to happen and feel prepared, but also, again, for a sense of control that I know what will happen that next day and a feeling of accomplishment of just checking things off my to-do list. Mm -hmm. I think I could probably echo everything that you just said. I I feel like recently I have been staying late a lot and trying to figure out how to get things done faster but it just doesn't seem to be getting done and been a little frustrated that I haven't been able to get things done when I am such an efficient person Um, and so I've been staying late and not um, drawing that line where I need to and I need to work on it. Yeah and the reason we're mentioning this is again because 
we I'll speak for myself. I want to provide tips and tricks and I want to be very much like, hey, here's a few things you can do about such and such. But as I'm doing that, I'm very aware of the fact that sometimes I might be presenting myself as an expert and I want to present myself as someone who's still struggling, someone who's struggling with these things, someone who's, you know, pulling that heavy load just like you are and the reason I have this podcast is to share what is working. Mm-hmm. So I want to be vulnerable. I want to be real. And I want to say, you know what? I have a serious problem with overwork. I think especially for the past month, I have been working late into the evening. I think there's a lot of reasons why I'm doing that. It's something that I'm struggling with. I'm working on it. I am not an expert. I am an SLP just like you are who is you know, has a lot of things in life that are hard right now. And because of that, sometimes I I do feel like sometimes it feels good to stay (laughs) late at work. I'm guilty of that. When uh, there's a lot going on in your life that you can't control, Mm -hmm. but also just that feeling that you're going to be prepared for the next day. Mm -hmm. So you're struggling too. (laughs) So there aren't, you know, two things you can do to stop overworking. But one of the things we're working on is... Focusing instead of how much, instead of focusing on how much work there is to do, focusing on what is it that we want to be spending our time doing instead. And that brings us to our next topic, which is our best yes. How do we know what our best yes is? Um, So, what does that mean? Well, you know, in episode three, we talked about saying no. But um, it's also important to uh, say yes sometimes. Mm. Um, although I will note that uh, in our own saying no episode, I think we kind of said say no 99% of the time. But <laughs> yes is an important word too. And there are some definite pluses and minuses to it. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. So we came up with some steps together, which is, How can we prioritize to say our best yes? Because there are so many tasks that can overload us. Mm -hmm. How do we focus on what really needs to be focused on? Because I know for myself, I can can get lost in the weeds. And I can spend a bunch of time doing things that really aren't, maybe that are urgent, that are time-bound, but are not the most important things for me to be doing Mm -hmm. with my time. That aren't the most important things to move the needle and to make progress. So... Here's some tips. First is realize that you will need to say no most of the time if you want to free yourself up for saying yeses to things you really care about. Mm -hmm. And so to ask yourself is saying yes to other people forcing you to say no to yourself. Ooh, that's a good one. Two is know what your priorities are. And we're going to talk about what ours are Mm -hmm. pretty soon. Um, Three, as you make progress on those priorities... You'll have to let things go. There is no balance. There is only choice. I choose this. Mm-hmm. So I let go. And just like Marie Kondo says, I say, thank you for your service to me. I'm going to let this task go. <laughs> so I personally, I do not believe in balance. You cannot be an awesome parent and an awesome full-time business owner and run your choir group and, 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 right? The more we pile on top, the more um, we're spread thin. So And here's another thing. It's highly personal. So what feels like enough or too much to me uh, 
isn't what would work for you or feel like too much for you. So maybe you are busier and have more energy than I am and that feels awesome to you. And so we're acknowledging here that we're all different, but the bottom line is no matter who you are, you cannot do it all. Number four, when the guilt comes in, return to your mantra, which is I choose blank. Like say what you're going to choose. Like I'm choosing family as you leave your desk full of paper. Mm. Um, Or I'm letting this go. And then take a deep breath and then just move forward. So guilt is not productive. It won't help. And it's not moving you forward. Number five, reassess return to your priorities your schedule with life there's no arrival you don't arrive at calm island where (laughs) birds are singing and unicorns are flying right um so we're humans we're adjusting we're readjusting we're constantly working Mm -hmm. life is work we're always going to get distracted and we're always going to return back to our priorities so readjusting that's life and if you are having trouble saying no episode three go ahead and listen um So, but here's a few things you can say. I've reached my limit for tasks right now and I can't take this on. And then be quiet. (laughs) So no rationalization, no defensiveness. You can also say, I'm at my bandwidth and you're going to have to wait on that. Or if you need it done now, you can assign it to someone else. But what I've noticed is a lot of times if you're a perfectionist, it's that you have the high expectations for yourself, right? Your highest standard is set by you. Um... So keep that in mind. And people will ask you to do things. It's a lot of saying no to others, but it's even more saying no to our unrealistic demands of ourselves, our own high expectations of what we can do and what we can accomplish. Mm. So we wanted to make it personal and say, uh, obviously we just talked about overwork and how we are struggling. So this is not what we're spending time on right now, but it's what we want to be saying our best yes to right now. So what would that be? So yes, so let's go ahead and talk about the things that we are saying yes to right now. So for me, it's something that I love and I always am prioritizing this. This is always the thing that I'm looking forward to, which is traveling. I'm always gonna say yes to a travel experience. Sarah says, let's go to let's go to Arizona and interview SLPs in Arizona. And I say, yes, I would love to do that. <laughs> Uh, my husband says, let's go to Japan for spring break. And I will say, yes, I would love to do that. Pretty much any time it involves travel, I'm going to say yes, because I love to. I love to see new places, meet new people, mm-hmm. experience new cultures, try new foods, which is another thing I'm pretty much always going to say yes to. It doesn't matter, folks. I will try guinea pig in Peru. I will say yes yeah. to that. Even if I think it's gross, I am that win in Rome type person. I'm going to try local cuisine. I didn't actually try guinea pig when I was in Peru because there were but other they're things on to there. Try. I've been, yeah, there's but, like the they're roasted on the stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I would have. It's not because it, um, I would have done it. Um, I'm also saying yes to SLP nights out with Sarah and friends. We got one in two days. We do. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. And to treating myself to a donut when I meet up with Sarah on the weekends. Chocolate, please. Mm-hmm. And visiting with friends in general. Absolutely, it's a yes. Okay, and I notice none of those are work-related. None of them. Okay, (laughs) okay. So, but just to think about, you know, how much of our time are we spending at work? And Mm -hmm. is that really where... So, okay, so I'm saying yes to help. Um, I'm saying yes to calm evenings. I'm saying yes to, instead of overwork, doing just enough work 
and then stopping, mm-hmm. which is surprisingly difficult for me for at this moment for whatever reason. I'm saying yes to evenings with family and not at work. Saying yes to daily workouts, which is really important, not just for my physical health, but for my mental health. And I'm saying yes to scaling back from social media to spend more time writing podcast scripts and blogs. And that's something that Sari and I just planned out. So mm-hmm. I'm exciting about I'm excited about that. So feel free to share with us what you're saying yes to. We would love to hear from you as well. And now for another one of our listener favorite segments, SLP Wisdom. And Sarah has a juicy tip for us today. Yes, it's something that I heard uh, that says, I guess a centering thought, and it's this. I have faith in my ability to figure this out. Mm. So whether you're starting a business or you have a new client with a syndrome or disorder that you're not familiar with, if there's a paperwork snafu, if you're considering a big job transition, you've got this. So for me, having a business, which is my clinic, and a side hustle, which is the podcast, means I'm constantly figuring this out. And there's, I'm constantly doing things or starting to do things that I don't know how to do yet. So it can lead to overwhelm. But I found that this, I have faith in my ability to figure this out, really helps. I think that that's so important. That is a huge, and that could be a great work mantra too, mm-hmm. to hang on to. I have faith. I can do that. Think of that little engine that could. I think I can. I actually change it to I know I can. Mm-hmm. Don't just say I think I can because you can. You have got this. And if you keep that positive saying to yourself, you will get things done. You will get it accomplished. And keep yourself focused on that positive goal. And that po- keep telling yourself that positive self thinking. And, you know, they say, you know, if you're not growing, you're dead, right? Like, Mm -hmm. as human beings, we have this circle of what we're familiar and comfortable with. And our process of, you know, growing up and being an adult is that circle is Mm ever-widening. So we will feel often like we're doing things that we don't know how to do. So... If it feels hard, you're growing, you're, you're, you're human just like we are, um, and you can have faith in your ability mm-hmm. to figure this out. Instead of saying, I can't do this, say, I can figure this out. Yep. So there you have it. That's what we've got for this episode of SLP Happy Hour. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about saying your best yes, and we hope this episode was helpful, informative, and that you learned something along the way. Remember to review this show. We love reading your reviews. They mean so much. They help bring more listeners that could really need our message and really need to hear our message to the podcast. And so we really appreciate that. If you haven't done it, pause right now, go put on a review, and we will read it and thank you for it. If you learned something new from this episode, please share it with a friend. What's your best yes? Share that with us. What are you saying yes to? Use the hashtag SLP happy hour on social media to let us know what you're saying yes to because we want to see it. Mm-hmm. And if you like hearing from us, we share tips, tricks, behind the scenes, and freebies on our email list, slphappyhour.com slash newsletter. So come join the fun there. Of course, you can always find information about us at our website, slphappyhour.com or on social media as SLP happy hour. If you like this show and want to discuss it with our awesome SLP Happy Hour community, 
or submit a question for us to answer on the show, find our Facebook group. It's called SLP Happy Hour Crew and request to join in. Answer the questions and poof, you're in. We'd love to have you. We hope this episode was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We enjoyed recording it. Until next time, this has been SLP Happy Hour.